In its quest to provide an open forum for discussion of controversial issues, this station allows hosts and their guests to express themselves without any significant censorship. You are advised that any view expressed by the host or their guest are not necessarily the views of the owners or management of Toginet Radio, Togi Entertainment, or the Owners Group, Inc. It's time to get happy. Harvesting happiness with Lisa Cypress-Kamen. A fresh talk radio approach promoting happiness because happiness is a choice. And happiness can be cultivated and harvested. Hence the name of the show, Harvesting Happiness. Lisa's going to shine a light on the well-being and global human flourishing by presenting a diverse and proactive collection of the greatest thinkers and doers who have devoted their lives to creating a better world in which to live. And as a filmmaker, psychologist, author, professor, and motivational speaker specializing in the field of happiness, Lisa Cypress-Kamen is widely recognized as an expert in the field. In the show, she'll also focus on military families, service personnel returning with PTSD, traumatic brain injury, and civilian life reintegration issues. So let's get to it. Harvesting Happiness on Tuggynet.com. And now, here's your host, Lisa Cypress-Kamen. wherever you are. I'm here today to talk with you about happiness, well-being, and human flourishing. Authentic happiness is not selfish, egotistical, or narcissistic. In fact, the achievement of a happy life is not only good for us, but for those around us. Sustainable happiness is important because it not only elevates our own well-being locally, but also contributes to the collective flourishing of humanity on a global level. In short, happiness matters. It comes from the heart, and this show is all about the heart. Before we bring on our guest today, I want to open up the phone lines for call-ins, and our guests can call in at, or our listeners can call in at 877-864-4869, 877-864-4869. You can connect with us on Facebook at Harvesting Happiness. You can log on to uh, TogiNet and enter our chat room, where we've been having a great time before the show. And let's talk briefly about following your heart, because today's guest has done just that. She is a very unique and talented woman. She worked in the financial world, in the corporate world, for 25 years as as an executive in financial services. Following her retirement from corporate life, Meg Peer, today's guest, sought to create a forum where she could share her journey to rediscover a sense of wonder and connection. In addition to managing View from the Pier, which is her website that she's going to come on and talk about, she is a regular contributor to the travel section of the Boston Globe, the website of CBS News travel editor Peter Greenberg, and the Huffington Post. Good morning, Meg Pier. Thanks for being with us today. Good morning, Lisa. I'm delighted to join you. Oh, I am just so happy that you're here, and I love to share with our listeners where I'm broadcasting from, where in the world I'm broadcasting from, because there have been some very unique places. Today I'm sitting again in front of a a Starbucks, actually in Southern California, with dogs barking and people bustling around me, and I have the great fortune of having my daughter Kayla sitting next to me. Uh, Kayla is on her way to Boston, actually, tonight. (laughs) What do you know? She's winging her way my way. She's winging her way to the heat and humidity. So let, let, let's, 
talk for a minute about this sense of wonder and delight? Because this is such a fabulous topic for adults to get in touch with. It is indeed, and I think uh, the daily grind of life can sometimes um, steal that sense of wonder away from us, and like you, it's a practice uh, that I engage in. It's something that I seek to cultivate, and I do that as travel through travel, which is a vehicle for me, but it also is something that I actively seek in my day-to-day um, encounters and routine, and I really realized how far removed I had become from that sense of wonder um, at the end of my 25-year career in financial services when I had um, jetted to New York for the day and had been picked up uh, by a limo uh, to go into the city to a meeting. And I viewed it as akin to um, hanging on to a strap on the T. Um, you know, I grew up um, in rural Virginia, um, you know, and I was not living with a golden spoon in my mouth or a silver spoon in my mouth. And um, the first time I rode in a limo, it was a fabulous experience, and it had become drudgery. And that was a little bit of a wake-up call to me that, you know, I needed to step back and uh, recapture my gratitude and my wonder of the life that I was living. You know, you make a very good point about how we become spoiled by abundance. We, be, we come to expect it and then be bored by it. And I think that's true with anything. Um, you know, I think we get into our daily routine, whatever it might be, and we can fail to recognize um, just how lucky we have it. And one of the practices that I engage in on a daily basis that really helps me stay tuned into that is writing a gratitude list. Um, and it was something that was suggested to me a number of years ago um, that I embraced fully, and I do it every morning, and I really have begun to savor it. And um, it makes me recognize just in the course of a single day, if I review the past 24 hours, um, how many really cool things have happened and um, how blessed I've been. And um, it makes me recall things that otherwise I might just let go by the boards and not really fully appreciate. Well, in the, on the view from the pier.com, which is your online, really it's a community that you've built over the last two years. You've just celebrated your second anniversary. It is, it is an online oasis for those seeking self-discovery and a sense of wonder through the prism of travel. And you know, each day on view from the pier, you really inspire people with, with provocative thoughts. Can you talk a little bit about how that manifested and, and, and what our, our listeners and, and your readers can hope to, to glean from your site? Absolutely. I'd love to do that. Um, and I'd love to share a little bit about the backstory about how the site came to be. Um, for many of my friends, it's laughable that I'm the proprietor of a website because I am a, quite a technophobe. Um, and uh, the idea of me using the web and uh, the electronic world as a way of communicating is a little bit ironic if you knew me. Um, but, you know, I've learned to embrace the new and not fear the new, and it's become a wonderful um, channel, uh, both back and forth between me and people all over the world. Uh, there are people from 90 different countries that visit View from the Pier. And um, 
like many things in my life, it came about as a result of um, things not going my way and needing to step back and look at how I might do something differently. And the last year of my uh, corporate career, um, I was very unhappy. Um, I was very frustrated. I felt that something was missing. Um, I had become bored. And every night when I would come home, I would look through a myriad of quotation books that I had, and it became my solace, and it became a source of comfort, and it gave me hope, and it gave me inspiration. And um, my husband, for Christmas, gave me a $29.99 computer program that enabled me to take my images from my travels, I'm an avid photographer, and uh, caption those with quotations. And so I fiddled around and played with it, and um, ultimately, out of that experience, I created a 365-day book um, with images and quotes for every day of the year, um, and um, I self-published it with my last bonus at work, and I gave out the copies as gifts. And um, I had high hopes that um, it might be something that um, a mainstream publisher would be interested in, and that did not come to pass. And out of that, uh, my husband suggested that I create a website um, and feature my images from countries I've traveled to all over the world with these uplifting quotes. And that was how the site was born. Um, and so for me, um, it's a great example of how when God closes a door, he opens a window. And um, it's a great adage that I try to keep in mind as I go about my life. Well, you know, what you share is very meaningful to me because I, too, have uh, been through a similar, similar kind of experience, a little bit differently, in that I was in corporate America, and then I stayed at home with my children for 10 years and then went back out into the world viewing how I wanted to approach a business life and, and do it very differently where it had deep passion, deep purpose, and a sense of meaning to me. And I think that's a, a common thread that you and I share and a common thread that, that many of us in midlife or on the brink of midlife uh, come to embrace. And I, I, I think your work is absolutely exquisite. And, Meg, you gifted me everything, the books and your cards, which I have a stack with me because I was hoping to maybe read a couple of the, of the quotes that you've shared, which we'll do further on in the show. But, but this is something that... Um, I really would love for people to stop for a minute to, to tap into, which is reigniting a sense of wonder, that childlike um, dazzle that we have when we see a shiny new, new object or something that is of interest to, to us in the world, you know, a way that we can look at life differently that makes us question and grow because the growth is really what keeps us alive. Certainly the anger and sadness and other parts that are, are um, in fact, part of living uh, don't really foster the best in us. It is the sense of wonder that, that provokes us to grow. Absolutely. And I think, you know, being able to look back on my life, you know, every now and then think back to my circumstances when I was a child and where I am today, and that was not all 
solely due to my efforts. Um, I feel that, you know, there has been a guidance and a wisdom um, that has um, exerted itself throughout my life. And I need to remember that because if I believe it's all up to me, um, it gets very lonely and um, it gets very frustrating. And for me, that sense of wonder is the notion that I am tapping into something that is bigger than myself. We are going to go to a break, and I I ask a question of those who are listening either live or on a podcast later. Think for a minute or two about what enchants you. What would pique your sense of wonder? This is Lisa Cypress-Kamen. You're listening to Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio with Meg Peer, and check her out at viewfromthepeer.com. We'll be right back. Here come the tunes, and uh, think about it. What makes you wonder? What, 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 what? Fires you up like a child. We know that life is tough and that happiness can and does live along with adversity. We'll be right back to explain how on Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress Kamen on Toginet.com. Are you someone who leaps out of bed to greet the morning, amazed at your good fortune every hour of the day? Or are you someone like me, who needs regular infusions of inspiration? I'm Meg Peer, a photographer, travel writer, and creator of the website www.viewfromthepeer.com, which focuses on the human quest to connect with self, others, and a sense of wonder. Every day, the site features a new, beautiful image from my travels around the world, captioned by an uplifting quotation. This daily dose of inspiration is available free. Viewfromthepeer.com also presents monthly interviews with fascinating people I have met in my travels who offer their personal stories and wisdom, along with in-depth destination stories about cultural traditions from around the world. If your day could benefit from a quick change of scenery or attitude adjustment, I invite you to visit www.viewfromthepeer.com viewfromthepeer.com. In the healthcare industry today, most of us are left in the dark when our doctors talk to us about our health and wellness. It seems that they don't have enough time to be informative and give us the options we deserve. Are you frustrated with today's medical advice as I am? Join the Medical Insider with Danny Walker and Dr. Richard Powell as they discuss the insider look at various therapies, medications, supplements, and much, much more. We will bring you the cutting-edge information regarding your health care and how you can take control of your health care decisions by not being fooled but being informed. Danny Walker and Dr. Richard Powell will be joined by experts in various fields throughout the healthcare industry, and they'll uncover the information that you should know about when it comes time to making those crucial decisions. Don't be fooled. Be informed with the Medical Insider every Wednesday at 1 o'clock Eastern, 12 Central. Welcome back to Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress-Kamen on Toginet. The show dedicated to promoting happiness because happiness is a choice and happiness can be cultivated and harvested. Hence the name of the show. So let's get back to it. It's Harvesting Happiness on Toginet.com. And now, back to your host, Lisa Cypress-Kamen. Welcome back, everyone. I am here today with Meg Peer 
who has a wonderful, wonderful website, viewfromthepeer.com. And prior to the break, we were talking about the sense of wonder and enchantment uh, to help ignite your life, to help restore some centeredness and balance and, and happiness, I might add. Welcome back, Meg. Thanks, Lisa. Um, I wanted to, to just read one of the quotes. I, I pulled out my stack of cards, and the first one that appeared on top seems to be poignant and, and relevant to what we're talking about. You have a beautiful photograph. Uh, uh, it's like a castle from, I hope I'm pronouncing this correctly, Arundel, England? Arundel. Arundel. And it says, trust yourself, think for yourself, act for yourself, speak for yourself, be yourself. Imitation is suicide. And that was written by Marva Collins. And uh, photography is a key component uh, uh, from what you've shared that led you to this road of self-discovery and, and to your own enchantment. Can you talk a little bit about your photography work? I'd love to, Lisa. Um, my husband actually gave me my first camera in 1995, um, and um, it's been a gift that has kept on giving. It's something that enables me to be fully in the moment. Um, you know, I'm not worrying about the past. I'm not thinking about the future. I'm in the here and now. And for me, that is one of the secrets of being joyful um, is paying attention to what's going around me in that particular moment. And it also makes me look for the wonder and the extraordinary. And the longer I've been at the photography, I'm realizing more and more how I can find that sense of wonder and that sense of the extraordinary in the everyday. Um, certainly, travel is a vehicle for me to um, be open-minded and to experience um, different types of um, surroundings and people. Um, but the camera is something that I carry with me at all times. And, you know, just the other day, I was driving down the street in my town, which is a little island on the North Shore of Boston, and there was a beautiful sunset. And I put the car in park, and I jumped out, and, um, you know, I took a few shots of the sunset. Um, and I think you know, a number of years ago, that wouldn't have occurred to me. I would have been driving, obsessing about what somebody said at work or, you know, what was I going to get for my bonus. And today, you know, through the camera as my teacher, I'm able to live much more in the moment and appreciate the beauty around me. You know, it's, this is a very interesting point you bring up about the camera being your teacher and it, it really being the vehicle for your own self-discovery and expression, that it's done, it's done both for you. Exactly, and it's interesting, the quote that you referred to in that particular card, um, that shot was taken near the campus of uh, the college that my husband and I attended, and um, we went to school together uh, almost 30 years ago and went our separate ways and then ultimately reconnected, and, you know, there's a lesson in that for me, that if something is meant to be, um, you know, there is divine timing, and it may not be now, but that doesn't mean it won't be Never. Um, but um, my career was one where I was a public relations executive, and I basically spent my days, um, you know, mouthing other people's words, talking about um, products and services um, that I really didn't have a hand in creating, um, you know, making people um, look good, highlighting the positives to the public. Um, and it was a wonderful experience, and it used a lot of my innate 
uh, talents and my temperament. Um, but my journey since then has been about finding my own voice and, you know, what my own messages are and um, using the skills that I honed in that 25-year career in order to, to give that voice wings. Um, and so nothing is for naught, um, and everything builds on the next thing. Um, but ultimately, I think our journey is about finding out, you know, who we really are and what matters to us. And my career was very good to me, and it, quite frankly, enabled me to enjoy, you know, trying to create this new enterprise for myself now, um, following my heart. Um, so nothing is for naught, um, but I think the more that we can tune into what makes us happy, um, you know, the truer we can be to ourselves. And certainly part of that is our connection to the world at large and the people around us and our surroundings. You know, the, 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 the subject matter of finding one's voice, you know, when we, we say those words, it's very common to hear that <clears throat> mentioned in coffee classes around the world, you know, being true to oneself and being authentic. But really what we're talking about is finding that which makes our heart sing, that which optimizes who we are and the best that we can be, and, and the vehicle to do that. For you, it's the camera. Uh, for me, one of these outlets is is this very radio show where I get to connect with people from all walks of life all over the world and learn what resonates for them and, and share that information with people so people ask the questions of themselves. What is it that makes me happy? What is it that puts a smile on my face? And in turn, how can I use that work for the greater good? And I think that that is certainly a point that many of us come to in midlife where it's not just for ourselves anymore. It's how we can make it, make the world a better place using our voices. Exactly. And I, I think so much of my young adulthood was spent uh, thinking about, you know, how can I get ahead? What have you done for me lately? You know, what can I get from you? And as I've gotten older, definitely the focus has been more and more on, um, you know, what do I have to give? What do I have to offer? And that really is what makes my life meaningful. Um, and it also make, it also offers meaning to my experience. When I can share what I've experienced, um, either through my travels or elsewhere, um, and impart a life lesson and a little awakening, um, there's a universality to that, and people respond to that. Um, you know, I don't happen to like to be preached to or told what to do, um, but I do love hearing from other people um, just what has unfolded in their lives and how they've learned the lessons that they've learned. And I do a monthly interview series myself um, on my website, and it's called Peer to Peer. And each month I have an in-depth interview with someone that I've met in my travels. And it's been a fascinating array of people, everyone from a Mayan shaman to an Icelandic artist to a Kenyan eco-architect to a Belizean eco-lodge owner. Um, the environment happens to be so something that I'm, I'm interested in. Um, and these are just really regular people um, who, when I make the time to talk with them about their journeys, they've been through extraordinary events, and they have um, extraordinary wisdom to offer. And I love that sense of connection, um, both in terms of giving and receiving and the idea of being a channel. And we're all channels. I mean, we all have something to offer, and we can learn from everyone that we cross paths with. 
how true that it, how true it is. And you and I crossed paths in a very unique way. Um, the first show of Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio uh, was broadcast from the basement of Beth Israel uh, Medical Center. Beth Israel. Deaconess Medical Center in Boston, where we hosted Grateful Nation, which is a fundraising arm of the hospital that talks about the importance of gratitude in daily life, um, not just for ourselves, but for others. And your husband was an instrumental part of that first show. And it's funny how life weaves such an interesting tapestry because it was him, it was he who brought us together. Exactly. And what I love about that, um, there are many things I love about that, but I think it, it really made me aware that we are all channels. When we are just going about the business of being ourselves and living our lives, we never know when one thing is going to lead to the next and open up an opportunity that we might otherwise not have had. And, um, you know, my husband and I have grown in our relationship, and um, I continue to um, be more and more appreciative of just, you know, how supportive he is of me. And, you know, whenever you try to undertake something new and follow your heart, um, it, it can be lonely because um, you're doing something new, you're getting out of your comfort zone, um, you know, you don't know the way, um, you know, it can be... Um, um, something that you have to learn as you go, and you need people who have your back and who support you and who encourage you and who believe in you. And my husband is all of those things for me, and I feel very blessed, you know, that um, I can say that. And you're very fortunate to be able to say that, and you've chosen wisely, and he chose very wisely, I might add. And this is also, I think, not an accident, you know, that it is part of both of your makeups that you uh, attracted one another into your lives where you can support each other's authenticity, where you can support each other's creativity, and this is a key to successful relationships, I think, a huge, a huge component. Definitely, and um, and growing together, and um, you know sometimes that's at, at one pace, and sometimes it's at another. But um, definitely, I think you know being appreciative for the people around you and what they offer you um, is a great way to live life. Indeed, it is. We are going to a break in a couple of minutes, but I've picked up another card. My daughter has been going through your your cards and picked out ones that resonated for her. And the one that's on top, because it's a, a cat, it's a photograph of a black cat perched on a piece of wood that was taken in Rio Maggiore, Italy. And the quotation is, learn what you are and be such. And that was written by Pindar uh, in roughly uh, the mid part of 400 B.C., so that tells you that the ancient wisdom is new wisdom and nothing is, nothing is new. You know, what's old is new kind of thing. But it's, it's true, and you are, living, you are living what you are, Meg, and it, it is such a, a delight to be able to share you with our listeners and profile you in a different way that takes you off, off the page and out into the air. Well, there's another quote that I'm reminded of that says, never compare uh, your insides with somebody else's outsides. And I spent a lot of time doing that, and I've moved away from that, and uh, it feels good. 
You know, as it should, and that and that is a great quotation. This is Lisa Cyphers came, and you're listening to Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio. We're here today with Meg Peer, viewfromthepeer.com. We'll be right back. We know that life is tough, and that happiness can and does live along with adversity. We'll be right back to explain how. On Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress Kamen on Toginet.com. Parents, if you feel overloaded, overworked, underappreciated, and seriously stressed out, the Parents Plate is here to help you. The Parents Plate with Brenda Nixon. Tuesday mornings at 10 a.m. Eastern, 9 a.m. Central on Toginet. It's time to build stronger families through parent empowerment. And that's what the Parents Plate does. The Parents Plate understands the busyness of life and balancing child rearing and other commitments. Brenda Nixon will be talking to noted experts and authors on all issues, from teething to teen driving. Brenda Nixon is a nationally recognized speaker to parents and child care professionals and author of the award-winning The Birth to Five book. From Fox 4 in Kansas City to schools and synagogues to businesses to bookstores, conferences to churches, audiences rave that Brenda engages, educates, and encourages. For more information on Brenda and her books, check out her website, brendanixon.com. The Parents Plate is loaded with information and affirmation. The Parents Plate with Brenda Nixon. Tuesdays at 10 a.m. Eastern, 9 a.m. Central on toginet.com. Get ready for the not-so-soccer mom Tuesday afternoons at 1 Eastern, noon Central on Toginet with Jill Hickey. You name it, from politics to pop culture to Jill's search for the perfect bronzer and chicken salad. The not-so-soccer mom will weigh in on it all. The sentence, I have no opinion about that, is one that Jill has never uttered. Everybody in the early 90s, Jill finally decided to put her thoughts, opinions, mom advice, love of pop culture, hummus, and Starbucks, working out, cosmetic shopping, and politics into an actual website, and thus NotSoSoccerMom.com was born. Shortly after her fourth child, a boy, Jerome, now she's really got tons of topics to share with you. This is Laugh Out Loud Funny, and we're not kidding. What's a loud Nebraska girl who lived in Little Rock for many years and now is up in the Northeast doing? Chronicling her opinions on everything. The wheels aren't off yet, but it's close. It's the Not-So-Soccer Mom with Jill Hickey. Tuesday afternoons at 1 Eastern, noon Central on toginet.com. Welcome back to Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress-Kamen on Toginet. The show dedicated to promoting happiness because happiness is a choice and happiness can be cultivated and harvested. Hence the name of the show. So let's get back to it. It's Harvesting Happiness on Toginet.com. And now, back to your host, Lisa Cypress-Kamen. Welcome back. I'm here today with Meg Peer, who has a beautiful and inspirational website, viewfromthepeer.com, in addition to which Meg has on her site for sale five books um, that are her visions. They're visions of New England, visions for faith, visions for becoming, visions for belonging, and visions for the journey. And certainly we are all on a journey And the journey, how we take it, is our own choice, which is something that we talk about frequently on this radio show. And I want to 
spend a little time talking about the exploration of photography as a metaphor for the journey of life and the exploration of light and dark, the good and bad that happens to us all. Welcome back. Thanks, Lisa. Um, the light and dark is a component of photography, and um, it's something that um, is a balance that needs to be factored into the composition of a picture. And um, the more I've engaged in um, exploring that, the more I've realized how much that is a metaphor for life and that things that can seem to be negatives um, can, in fact, be um, useful and have a place in life um, that we can learn something from. And um, my journey has been one of, um, you know, like everyone else, I've had disappointments. I've had things that I've had my heart set on that have not materialized the way I've wanted them to. And yet, you know, today I have much more faith that they do serve a purpose, um, that I can learn from them, and that perhaps I'm being sent in a different in a different direction, um, and that what in a moment in time may have not felt good can ultimately serve some kind of purpose. Um, and I've also found in myself um, the attributes I have that sometimes um, can can present me with challenges um, also serve their own purpose. Um, I have a lot of... Um, willpower, I have a lot of um, focus, and I can very much, um, you know, set goals and be kind of narrow-minded about achieving them. And the dark side of that is that I can fail to consider other possibilities and be as open-minded as I might like to be. Um, but the light side of that is that um, I'm motivated and I, I care about things, and um, I consider that a gift. Um, and so that that interplay between light and dark, um, you know, my mother has been a big force in my life, and um, it's through her, I think, that I really have my fascination with people and um, my interest in, you know, learning about different people's lives. And she lives in an assisted living facility and recently had to give up driving. And it was something that she resisted and she resisted and she resisted. And ultimately, she, she got to the place where she recognized, you know, that for her safety and others, that this was a choice she had to make. And, you know, that was a beautiful lesson for me because um, surrender to where your life is taking you um, can be difficult, um, but it can be very beautiful when it happens. Mm. You know, it's funny, the, the next question I was going to ask you was about your mother, because when you had transitioned out of corporate America and into um, this, this journey that you're on with View from the Pier, y you had other plans for yourself. And, and, you, and you wrote to me it's so appropriately, and it, and, and it gave me a chuckle, that you envisioned yourself as being the next uh, Elizabeth Gilbert, the, the author of Eat, Pray, Love, <laughs> and Oprah Winfrey Darling. You know, you had plans, girl. <laughs> I did have plans, and I still do. Um, yeah. 
But I have yielded to, um, you know, there is a force at work here that um, I have to just say, hey, you know, I'm going to go with the flow and see how things unfold and trust that I'm going in the right direction and I'm having the right experiences. And um, ironically, um, you know, the, the life events that led me to making my choice to leave corporate America were for cancer scares that I had in the span of two years. And, um, you know, I basically spent those two years um, fearing for my life. And ultimately, um, each of those instances um, did not manifest. And, um, you know, I have a clean bill of health. But the day after uh, my retirement, I took my mother on a trip to Sedona, Arizona, and um, it was a location she had picked as one that she thought might, you know, be energetically kind of fun to explore. And um, as we went about our treks throughout um, the area, you know, she was very slow moving and she was having difficulty catching her breath. And, you know, I have to say, I kind of prodded her along and said, you know, let's pick up the pace. And upon return home from that trip, um, it was discovered that she had lung cancer. And that began um, a journey that she and I embarked on together of, you know, really um, seeking to better understand each other, to heal some, um, you know, mother-daughter typical uh, type of, uh, you know, uh, history um, that I think all of us have in some shape or form. And it's been a really beautiful journey. It's not been the one that I had planned on, um, but it has been a big part of how I've spent the last few years, uh, and it's been absolutely worth it. And she is, you know, doing very well today, and, um, you know, she's comfortable and she's safe, and that is a comfort to me. And these are some of the uh, blessings of adversity. You know, just when we think that we are receiving the worst news or going through one of the most difficult things that has ever been presented to us and we don't think we can deal with it, grace happens, and we do. And we start to open ourselves up to the opportunities that these very difficult times can bring. And I think you've so beautifully described that journey. In, in your writing and in, in, in this talk between the two of us. And it is, it is in those darkest moments that are the, we have those opportunities for the greatest light to come in, I think. Yes, and I, and I think, Lisa, something that I've learned um, is there's a difference between hope and desire and dreams and expectations. And... Um, I really have spent a lot of time in the expecting mode. You know, I have it all mapped out in my mind that this is how it's going to go, and um, I can get very far afield and very ahead of myself, and that takes me away from what really is happening and, um, you know, how much there is in the moment, wherever I might be, that um, is something beautiful. Um, and um, so trying to, to not expect but just hope and dream and trust. And I also have learned that, for me, this notion of faith, um, I don't have a perfect faith. Um, I am not always 100% certain that things are going to go my way, and I have my moments of doubt. And as I experience those and feel those and honor those, I'm better able to 
come out the other side and see that I was taken care of and that things did work out as they were supposed to. And uh, that builds my faith. Um, if I had a blind faith and never questioned, you know, is this really going to work out okay, um, I might only stay at a certain level of faith. And it's through kind of allowing myself to be a human being and have fears um, and, and then ultimately see and be grateful for how beautifully things resolve themselves that my faith is taken to the next level. And the blind faith that you speak of, I think it's important to address that because blind faith is, is um, the absence of our own action. And I think that while having faith, we also have to do. You know, we have to be and we have to do, that we have to take the action steps that we feel are necessary to uh, participate in the faith actualizing, in the vision, you know, becoming a reality for, for the highest good, whatever that is. Yes, I agree. And we do have a part to play um, in my mind. Um, you know, I do rely on a force that guides me. But I have to do the footwork, and, um, you know, sometimes um, it can be a graceful dance, and sometimes it can be an awkward dance, um, and one of the lessons I've learned is to be a little gentler on myself, and if I don't get something, uh, you know, the message from the universe the first time around, um, it will be repeated. Um, one of my mother's uh, adages is, um, God whispers before he shouts. And, um, you know, ultimately I will get the message, and uh, hopefully I'm getting a little bit quicker on the uptake. Um, but, you know, I'm going to make mistakes. I'm going to stumble. I'm going to go. I'm going to come to a fork in the road, and I might take the wrong fork. Um, but, you know, eventually it will lead me back around. And, um you know, I've spent a lot of time traveling by myself um, in foreign countries, and, um, you know, I wish I could tell you that I were some, you know, intrepid explorer that didn't experience moments of fear or panic, and I'm not one of those people that goes backpacking around the world uh, by myself, um, you know, and I do have moments of uncertainty, like, what did I get myself into? But everything does work out as it's supposed to, and I love that. Yep, it is. A, I, I, I agree with you. It, it, it is the exciting part of the unknown. You know, that, you know, when you're sitting in the middle of a situation of, how did I get myself into this, or how am I going to get myself out of it, it is the, the trust that there's going to be some right outcome in some way that is part of the adventure, that when embraced with the right attitude, you're going to have an aha moment through it. Exactly. That's what makes it fun. Oh, my gosh, yes. That's, that's, then there we go tie back to the wonder part of it, the wonder, the enchantment, you know, seeing the world through the eyes of a child because for that moment, we're right back there where it's, wow. How cool is that kind of thing? And I, I think that has a lot to do with not having expectations and being open. Um, you know, if you watch a child at play, um, they're so fully immersed in the moment, and they're not expecting what's going to come next. You know, let's, let's pause. Uh, hit the pause button for one second because we are going to go to a break, and I know Carrie would just cut me off and roll the music, and we would get in the middle of a big, juicy, wonderful, happy <laughs> thought, and we don't want to do that. So we, we will go to a break, and when we come back, we, we, we'll continue with this theme, and I want to ask our listeners to think about, you know, what tourism, what travel 
does for us because it does take us out of our own skin. Here come the tunes. We'll be right back. Where is my heart? Where is my heart? We know that life is tough and that happiness can and does live along with adversity. We'll be right back to explain how on Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress-Kamen on toginet.com. Get ready to laugh along with This Little Parent Stayed Home with Ellie Lopreet. Friday evenings at 6, 5 central on toginet.com. This is a truly realistic, no-nonsense, tell-it-like-it-is method that will have you laughing and crying, surviving while struggling, and hammering away at the hardships as you travel through the greatest journey of your life. Get empowered by joining thousands of other parents who have also decided to take a leap of faith into a double career with longer hours and half the pay simply because of the love they have for their children. Together, we are rebuilding a new economy that will support us rather than enslave us. Never again will we have to choose between raising our children and earning to provide for them. It won't be easy, but it will be worth it. For more on Allie and her success, check out her website, OurMilkMoney.com. So come get empowered with This Little Parent Stayed Home with Allie Lopreet. Friday afternoons at 6, 5 Central on Toginet.com. Part of Grateful Good. Grateful Nation brings together patients, families, friends, and staff of Beth Israel Deaconess Medical Center to support the quality care and groundbreaking research at the medical center. Through new and traditional media, members of Grateful Nation share experiences, thank our caregivers and researchers, participate in sweepstakes, and gather to sponsor and host events and much more. Being grateful inspires others to be grateful as well. Isn't it time we jumpstart some perpetual gratitude? Visit Grateful Nation online to find out more at www.gratefulnation.org. Have a grateful day. Welcome back to Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress-Kamen on Toginet. The show dedicated to promoting happiness because happiness is a choice and happiness can be cultivated and harvested. Hence the name of the show. So let's get back to it. It's Harvesting Happiness on Toginet.com. And now, back to your host, Lisa Cypress-Kamen. Welcome back, everyone. I'm here today with Meg Peer, who has a wonderful website, viewfromthepeer.com. Before the break, we were talking about um, tourism and what travel does for us. And this is a concept that I actually bring up in my workshops to allow people to access parts of themselves that they wouldn't normally uh, even think about. And this is the concept of emotional tourism. If what, what we all love about travel is it gets us out of our own way. It takes us to a new place and environment where we are anonymous, where our minds and our hearts are open to trying new things, being in new places, experiencing new people, which leaves us or renders us in a place of non-judgment or expectation. So, Meg, let's talk about this, about how your work has enabled you to, as you say, get out of your own skin or perhaps get out of your own way to be open to more. That would be great, Lisa. Um, It's funny. 
when I think about the times I have been the most unhappy, um, they are times when I've been self-absorbed and um, thinking only about myself. And, you know, today I will say that I, I'm pretty happy with myself. There's um, a lot about myself I like, which wasn't necessarily all the case, always the case. But that said, um, you know, I really am at my happiest when I'm engaged and um, and learning and exerting my curiosity and being open. And travel certainly is a vehicle for all of that. And, um, you know, I think the person that is a traveler sets out with an expectation of no expectation. You know, you really don't know um, what's going to happen. Even if you are a big planner and you map out your itinerary, there is always a degree of unpredictability in travel. And I think that it attracts a certain type of person. And it's uh, um, an endeavor that is is very enjoyable. And I think people can learn a lot from it. Um, and the tagline of my site is connecting with self, others, and a sense of wonder through travel. And I find that I not only learn about other people, but I learn about myself um, as I'm on the road and meeting with different people. And it's that notion of seeing yourself in the other and seeing them and you and connecting and recognizing the people that are from very different cultures um, and have very different practices nonetheless are, you know, brothers and sisters under the skin. And at the same time, um, getting the thrill of seeing how different people um, play out their lives and, you know, what their cultural traditions are and um, what their heritage is. And um, it's that that balance between um, learning and absorbing and being open um, and at the same time connecting and um, feeling a bond between you and the other person no matter how different they are. And these are some of the keys to, uh, to happiness, to real, authentic, sustainable joy, to living a, a life well-lived. And whatever kind of travel it is, you know, if it's uh, – you know, luxury travel, adventure travel, uh, bare-bones travel, emotional travel, spiritual travel. It's any kind of travel or journey that allows you to set yourself aside and be part of the experience, not the center of it. I, I, I believe that's really what we're talking about. Yes, I would say so. And one of the pieces I did um, for View from the Pier, I also write um, a regular destination column and um, – Every couple of months, I do a feature on a particular destination or a particular type of journey. And I did a series on pilgrimage uh, where I interviewed people from practically every continent about a particular type of pilgrimage that they've made. And um, there are as many different pilgrimages as there are people out there. And I touched on those of the major faiths as well as those of a more personal nature. And um People go on a pilgrimage when they are seeking, and, um, you know, it was really inspiring to hear different people's stories of what they, what prompted them to set off on that journey, um, you know, some, some longing of some sort to connect um, with something greater than the, themselves and with other pilgrims, and um, that notion of pilgrimage is one um, that, I, that I love. I, I as well, and in fact, Paolo Coelho wrote a 
beautiful book called Pilgrimage. I don't know if you've read it, but it does talk about, you know, finding oneself while looking for the journey. Mm. Exactly. And, and that is what happens, I think, when we step out that door uh, to travel in whatever, in, whatever, in whatever way we're doing it. Um, I want to make sure that our listeners know how to connect with you, and that's at www.viewfromthepeer.com. Your books are also available on Amazon and on Barnes & Noble as well, Meg? Just Amazon. Just Amazon. And yes. to um, invite everybody to subscribe to View From The Peer, to go to the website, viewfromthepeer.com, and sur- uh, uh, subscribe and join, join the adventure and join the journey with you because you do provide such a beautiful view to the world through what you write and your photography and what you share about others. Um, it really is. It's lovely. It's, it's wonderful to, to connect with a fellow warrior of joy, which I really consider you to be. <laughs> and, <laughs> you know, we, we, we approach it all from different angles, but it's, it's to get to the same place, which is the right place within yourself. Exactly. And I, I will say that the bread and butter of my site and the the mainstay is every day the homepage features an image from my travels, um, you know, wherever that might be, whether it's Guatemala or Malta or Iceland, captioned by an uplifting quotation that I spend a great deal of time pondering, you know, the meaning of the picture and what it elicits in me and pouring over quotations uh, by the sages of the ages, whether it's Ovid or Oprah. And um, it really is a joyful exercise for me. And um, every day that image and, that, and the accompanying quote changes. And that feature is available as a link. Um, people can sign up on the homepage of the site uh, for a subscription and every day be sent a link to the homepage with the image and the accompanying quote. And it's a nice little pick-me-up, you know. I mean, I know I read um, daily meditation books every morning. Um, I can sometimes wake up in a bad mood. And to be able to engage in that practice of first thing in the morning, kind of getting my little attitude adjustment um, in, a, in a way that's beautiful and uplifting um, is something that I do for myself, and I love being able to share it with others. Oh, and it's so clear. You know, it's very evident in, in, in the way you do it, that it's, you know, filled with love and filled with pride and, and joy. And I think that is the key to all of this as well, no matter what we choose to do or how we express it, that we do so um, fully and joyfully and mindfully, and it's so apparent in your work. Um, there is a, another card that Kayla has handed me. She's being so patient as she awaits to be driven to the airport to fly to Boston. Um, and the, the quote is accompanied by a beautiful photograph from Cha Creek in Belize. It's a, a group of horses and mountains and trees and beautiful greenery. And you write uh, a quote by Jane Howard, call it a clan, call it a network, call it a tribe, call it a family. Whatever you call it, wherever you are, you need one. And that is the point of all of this, you know is this is uh, an extension of family. It's a way that we can interconnect in the world when we are so far apart, when we are so spread out. And um, I'm sorry, go ahead, Meg. I didn't mean to interrupt you. Well, I'm so glad that you happened to bring up Chaw Creek and Belize because that 
travel was a big adventure for me and a very meaningful excursion. Um, I had never been to the jungle. Um, I wasn't really sure I wanted to go to the jungle. And um, nonetheless, my husband and I embarked on that trip. And um, I came to get to know Lucy Fleming, who is the co-owner with her husband of Chaw Creek Lodge. And she is an incredible woman, and she was one of my very early peer-to-peer interviews. And um, her journey um, is just extraordinary. The first time she traveled alone, she joined the circus after high school. And oh, wow. from New Jersey, going across the country. And she ultimately um, met her husband, who's British, um, apple picking in Kent. They moved to Belize in the 70s and uh, basically bought this patch of land um, in the jungle that they literally carved with machetes and raised a few chickens and took produce to the market on a canoe. Um, and, you know, today they have this one of the world's premier eco-lodge um, facilities, and it's been a labor of love, and she is so down-to-earth and so humble and such a, um, a good spirit. And, you know, she's the kind of person that I meet um, if I'm open to who I cross paths with, and um, she now is part of my tribe. And, um, you know, I keep in touch with people that I cross paths with in my travel and travels, and I love that. I mean, it may only be an email note, you know, a couple of times a year, but that person has touched my life. And, um, you know, Lucy is someone that I actually had a conversation with um, about my mother after my mother was um, newly diagnosed with um, cancer. And I will never forget that. You know, she reached out to me and, you know, she didn't really know me from a hole in the wall and she was kind. And um, being able to appreciate those little connections uh, with people and consider them as part of your tribe um, is a great way to view life. I spent a lot of years um, looking at um, others as the enemy and kind of had this view of myself as Rambo, like running through the jungle with grenades in each hand and, you know, it's me against you. And um, it's a much, much happier way to go through life looking at people as being on your team. Agreed. And I'm going to have to have a Rambo moment with you because we're out of time and I'm going to have to sort of come in here and interject, but I would love for you to come back, Meg Pierre. Please come and join us in a few months. Um, and I would join love Meg. To. Oh, we, we will do that. Robin will we'll reschedule. Please join Meg, sign up, subscribe to viewfromthepeer.com, and connect with me, please, at Harvesting Happiness at www.hh, the number four, and heroes.org. We've got lots of wonderful things happening on our nonprofit site. The, uh, the warrior programs are just taking off. And here are a few thoughts before we part, and that is that happiness is not a destination. It cannot be bought sold, or traded. Happiness will never invite you to the party. Happiness simply comes down to a choice to show up each day and every day in the world with passion, purpose, place, and meaning. Wishing you kind thoughts, kinder words, and the kindest action. Remember, happiness is an inside job. See you next week, or talk to you next week. Take care. Of Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress-Kamen. We'll do this again next Wednesday morning at 10, 11 Central here on Togedown. For more.